Hello and welcome to the New York Pages podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my co-host, Ragi. We'll be talking with Connor Green of Inside the Rink. Some of you may know, or some of you may now know, that Inside the Rink posted a couple of days ago of a possible Raquel and Lindholm deal from the Ducks to the Rangers for in exchange for a first Nils Lundqvist, Vitaly Kravtsov, Patrick Nemeth, and a possible we don't, a player that we do not know of. We'll be asking him a bunch of questions about that. But first, a quick word from our show sponsor, and then we'll get right to it. And now a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for the 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. And we are back and we're with Connor Green of Inside the Ring. Connor, how's it going? Pretty good. It's a, a good evening in the NHL. We finally got some action on the trade market as of today. It's the first time on the podcast here with you guys, and I'm excited to be here. So, yeah, yeah obviously, I've spoken to you a bit about try, you know, when our schedules line or when's the best time to do this uh, regarding just trades or anything like that. So for people who don't know or people who do know and want to get deeper into it, we post uh, inside the rank posted out a possible trade that's possibly being reported that would send Lindholm and Raquel to the Rangers for a first couple of prospects and a couple of uh, players. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I've heard it from a couple of people around the league, including uh, some other reporters uh, kind of close to the situation in Anaheim. Um, it sounds like the the Rangers and the Ducks are starting to have some preliminary talks uh, as far as it goes for uh, Hampus Lindholm and Ricard Raquel. Uh, right now, it, it definitely sounds like Nils Lundqvist is involved from the Rangers end, uh, Kravstoff, uh, potentially Nemeth. That's the name that we've heard as far as a roster player goes, um, obviously for cap purposes going the other way. And there's still an unknown roster player that could be involved. Um, I tried to figure out if it would be, you know, a Filipino or maybe somebody else couldn't get anything nailed down. Um, and then it sounds like maybe, you know, a first or a potential second round pick in the group going the other way. And I will stress that this is being talked about as a package, getting Lindholm and Raquel in the same deal. Interesting. I mean, it's taking a really long time for this whole thing to play out. And like in general, all the moves have not really happened. We haven't had a flurry of moves and I, including flurry, by the way, um, we haven't had a flurry of moves. We haven't had, you know, a lot of action going on. And I'm just curious, is it that, te- you know, that teams are not really interested in trades and they're happy where they are, or is it teams are really you know, trying to get the best out of everything. And it's taking a while because a team like the Rangers, they need that move. They know they need to make that move. And this exact Lindholm Raquel move is exactly something that they would need. So what's taking so long for this to even to come tuition? For me, it seems like not all of the teams involved here really understood where they're at. Um, 
for example, Dallas with uh, John Klingberg there. Miro Heiskanen just went out with Mono. Now they've pulled him off the market. Jacob Chikrin got hurt this weekend. He's expected to be out two to four weeks uh, with injury. He most likely is going to come off the market, or now he's cooled off as one of the number one trade targets You know, by the deadline. There's just been a lot of uncertainty, and there's a lot of things starting to fall into place uh, as far as that goes, and people saying, yes, we're going to be sellers, and these are the ones that we're looking at trading off as well as, okay, this is what we want to go and target. A little bit of both, but now that you're starting to see some moves and you hear you know, the chicken injury, now Josh Manson was moved today to Colorado, people are going to start making their moves because they don't want to be the last one standing without a chair to sit in. So speaking of the trades that have happened, obviously the Josh Manson trade just went down. Do you believe that possibly opens the flood rates or it's possibly like that to fully deal? It's a one thing. And then, you know, we have to wait until a certain other time for the flood rates to come out. I do think that this will get things going. You're, you're starting to hear a little more trade chatter. Um, it's coming out of Colorado now that they're out on the goalie market and they're definitely looking to add another piece up front um, before they're done. Um, and the other thing that's kind of blocking up the defensive market is there's a lot of defensemen available, but there's very few elite level talents and seeing Josh Manson, who's in that murky middle come off the board. I think you're going to start to see some of these teams get a little more antsy and wanting to make sure that they get the player they want before the deadline. And, you know, you're probably going to see somebody overpay within the next couple of days as we get towards the weekend. Well, definitely. You always have, you always have that team that, you know, likes to overpays. I'm a little worried about Drury and, and, and should I be worried about Drury on the way he's going to work with this free agents? Uh, sorry. Uh, trade deadline. Um, from everything that I've heard based around the Rangers, I don't think you have anything to worry about. One of the bonuses too, is that you guys, have a very good draft and develop system in New York. You've got a lot of talent coming up in the prospects. So even if you were to overpay on a deal or two this year, it's really not going to stunt the growth of the team at all. So I I saw what basically when Brendan Schneider uh, came up two months ago, it basically signaled to me that Nils Lundqvist, he's going to be part of a package like there was only so much space on the defensive end and when you have fox troop on the right end that the last spot's up for grabs and that's it for right hand defensemen because the rangers like to play with their righties on the right and lefties on the left that's it they don't like to you know mix and mix uh so since i saw that Schneider when schneider came up it was kind of basically he kind of take that took that spot i i think uh a lot of times like when we posted it on twitter like what it would take and people were like what this prospect that prospect that's a lot people don't understand their value is not possibly as big as they might think because sometimes team other teams know that, you know, they either they're going to have to trade him or, you know, like Kraft's house cases. Yeah. You're going to have to trade him because he's not coming back. So like people, I, I don't know. What do you think? Um, well, I think him coming up in the lineup is definitely New York wants to see what they've got, you know, as far as, if it's going to end up being a trade piece, if that's something that they want to hold on to, to build with in the future. 
But at the same time, you have to be realistic. When you have this many prospects coming up at a specific position, there is no way that you can give all of these players a roster spot and you're either going to stunt the growth of some players and they're going to play a few more years in the AHL than they really should and be a depth piece for your organization, or you're going to package them in a deal to upgrade at a trade deadline because A, you don't have a roster spot for them, or B, they're good enough coming out of entry-level deals and you have so many prospects that will over the next three to four years that you just can't possibly pay everybody the money. Right. And paying, I mean, in general, the Rangers are not decent enough cap space that they could really, you know, uh, work things out. Um, I really feel, I really feel like this, the Ranger team actually has, you know, fantastic, you know, if we didn't make a move, you know, I wouldn't say that they are, you know, screwed so-called um, because they are a, a good team and they are. I mean, I'd say they get kicked well. out of five, six games if they don't make any move. Right. I mean, it's true that they could seem like they're not going to do well, but they seem to have still been able to beat some of the good teams. I mean, definitely next week will show it a lot. The big question I feel here is we've asked this question a while ago, but is it worth it for the Rangers to sit here? And if they can't work out this Raquel uh, Lindholm deal, which I think is, is actually a great for them because they're not really giving up something of what they have, but one, if that falls through, do you feel like the Rangers should be going really so-called all out or should they be being, or should they be laid back and let's say, just, just go with a castle and, and, you know, say that, look, we made a move. Um, that's kind of tricky. Um, I feel like realistically, if you're the Rangers getting Lynn home and Raquel is you're knocking it out of the park. You're not going to trade Georgiev uh, at the deadline and you're going for the cup. Well, which in itself, by the way, is a conversation, you know which, what I mean? Yeah, that's a conversation in itself. I think it's a realistic one that you can have as a Rangers fan, to be honest with you. I think this team has all the pieces that they need where if they could acquire two pieces of that, you know, echelon, if you will, you could be a legitimate contender. You have the goaltender who can steal you games in the postseason. You should be able to win three to four rounds in a playoffs. Um, if you can't close a deal to get two, you know, solid players like that, you know, even if you back off of that deal and you split it up and you go for, you know, defensemen and players elsewhere, um, and you manage to get yourself a, I don't know, let's say Ben Sherratt. Oh, maybe. Oh, man. Come on. Um, maybe a Giordano could be an answer there. That's um, an old answer. I know that Tomas Hurdle has been in the rumor mill with New York, but it, it doesn't look like he's going to move. All signs are pointing towards him signing a contract. Um, and one the, only of the, the only thing that stopped him is maybe the, is maybe the Sharks trying to just test the market. Well, no, Hurdle was the one potentially testing the market. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Hurdle. Yeah, because originally San Jose, when this all started and the rumors really kicked up to New York um, as well as Boston, San Jose didn't have the money in the cap space next season to sign him. However, they got to 
terminate the Evander Kane contract, which opened up a nice coin purse, which made it possible. So they took him off the market and they've been trying to negotiate and see what they could get done. Is it guaranteed that he signs? Absolutely not. This could, you know, come down to 2.59 p.m. on Monday, and all of a sudden you hear that hurdle's been traded. Totally a possibility. But I don't think that's necessarily the number one target for New York anymore. They want to go out and they want to see what's actually available and what they can make an offer for to get a deal done ASAP. And as well, I mean, Georgiev, like you mentioned, is, is, is a conversation himself about trading him. But coming to this point where I see that the Rangers and the Ducks are really linked to this trade, I almost am saying to myself, well, give me another piece. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Give me something else. And Georgiev is a good piece to maybe give away. He has shut himself a little bit into a dark area because of how he's played recently. But teams are looking for, for, for goalies. The Rangers have a, back hit, a backup in Kincaid, who I'm very happy with as a backup to go up three, four goals a game, if that's what you're looking for. And, uh, and at this point, I'm like, give me, a little, give me, give me something else. Give me, uh, give me a castle. Give me maybe, maybe some other piece that you're saying. That, that you'll say, you know, give us Georgiev, we'll give you this piece. Is that something that you see coming to the Rangers? Or do you see that they're going to be like, once they make their Raquel, if they make this Raquel move, that they're just going to be like, we're done? Well, I think the the caveat to a Georgiev trade would be what goaltender is coming back or going to replace him. And can you see yourself winning with that goalie in the playoffs if Shesterkin gets hurt or, you know, something unforeseen happens and he cannot stop a puck to save his life all of a sudden. So I think that's, you know, a really tough conversation to have. Um, Goaltending is the most important position when it comes to the playoff times, in my opinion. And the Rangers are in a really unique spot. They've got the core pieces up front and on the back end, and they've got two solid goaltenders in net. They also have a ton of cap space for this deadline. If the Rangers were serious about wanting to win a Stanley Cup, I honestly think this year is the year for you to try. So going back to the Lindholm-Raquel deal, is this a pure rental deal, or do you believe that one of them, the Rangers would be interested in re-signing. And if so, how, how does that work cap-wise? Uh, it's a 50-50 split there. Um, the Ricard Raquel, I believe, is a rental. They wouldn't look at re-signing him in the offseason. There's just not necessarily the, the need for the cap hit for the Rangers. Um, but as far as Lindholm goes, definitely. Um, they would like to re-sign him if they could. Um, right now, Lindholm's being offered about a four year deal from the ducks. He wanted something in the seven to eight year range. So you're definitely going to have to make a commitment to him if you're the Rangers. Um, and he, he's looking for something around seven and a half to 8 million a year. That's a whopper of a contract. Um, but if you can give him the eighth year and get him down to six and a half, seven, instead of seven and a half, eight. You know, maybe that's a little more palatable for you. He's still young. He's a top pair defenseman. Um, it it's definitely within their realm of possibility. Um, it it's just really going to depend on you know what direction they take. And 
all signs point to if they want to re-sign Lindholm, they have the ability to. Right. So I believe, correct me if I'm mistaken, I, I don't know if Ellie Freeman or Pierre Lebrun um, said that Lindholm, the Lindholm camp in Anaheim just haven't been talking in a week, which kind of gives you an understanding that if this, you know, would come out, it could happen any day now. Like, what, if this deal would not, you know, it would fall through for some reason. I, I have no idea. Just for some reason. What is a plan B for the New York Rangers? Well, I think that's, again, where you revisit the Ben Sherratt. I know that's, you know, not necessarily your favorite, but that's really the next step down with uh, Klingberg being off the market. Um, I mean, Jacob Chikrin is always an option. They definitely have the assets to make that kind of deal. I just don't think that they are going to be all in on that trade. I think Lindholm is, you know, their obvious number one apparent. And if they don't get him, they're probably just going to settle on one of the lower tier defensemen and maybe, you know, try to go for a bigger splash up front, maybe somebody with a little term. So regarding what Shraggy mentioned about Kessel, being as all he would cost is possibly a third or a fourth at 50% mm-hmm. retained, I mean, and the Rangers, you know, at the right side right now are a little, you know, weak with the Kako injury. And even if Kako was here, you know, they're still a little weak on that side. So do you believe or have you heard anything that it's possible that the Rangers might take that route even with this Duck Street or without it? Um, I, I haven't heard anything definitive. Um, I know that there has been, you know, the, the usual tire kicking going on. Um, but I haven't been told of anything, you know, specific, would they be open to it? I'm sure they would. A third round pick is, you know, really not much, especially as someone like Kessel, but I think that's only going to matter for them if they can go out and get, you know, a piece or two that's of significant value. Right. So we had Jay fresh on, a couple of days ago, we actually asked him regarding Ricardo Raquel. We didn't ask him about Lindholm. Mm-hmm. Um, he mentioned to us something very interesting that he doesn't see him, Ricardo Raquel as a third liner. He doesn't see Ricard as a player that can make his own plays. He needs to play with a, a playmaker. And that's what he mentioned to us. His best years were with a guy like Ryan Getzlaff when he had those career high career years. So he mentioned, if you're going to acquire him, the reason why you should acquire him is to put him on a line with Panarin. He believes that, you know, which would make sense because Panarin is exactly like that type of player, like an elite playmaker, that he he would thrive off Panarin's playmaking ability and so on and so forth. But if you're going to acquire him as a third-line police, it might not make sense because, you know, he doesn't make his own plays and the Rangers third line, you know, is maybe it's better to go a different route if you're going the depth area. Um, I don't know that I necessarily buy into that. I, I, I'm of the, the brand where if you have Raquel and you're bringing him in to play on your third line, he's going to create space for those other two players on his line just because of his talent and his ability, which is going to help raise their production overall. So, I mean, he definitely could give you top line minutes. He's been there, done that before. It wouldn't be 
a huge shock, but I don't think it's going to be a deal breaker either way. All right. Very interesting. I mean, in general, this entire Ranger team has been something to really question of mind of what they're doing, where they're going, um, which, you know, what's, what's holding them back from things. I have, I've always found that the Rangers, you know, we're called the Pangers for a very good reason. They, they like to do this to us. They, they twist your hand a little bit, make you a little bit, you know, uh, you know, uh, tired out from what they do. And especially this year where they have surprisingly been one of the better teams and in general have been a top team when it comes to at least the power play and the penalty kill. And they need that fast guy. They need for a five on five for the way that Gerard Gallant likes to play his dump and chase game. You need this fast guy to get in. And yet it seems like they keep bringing in players that are, they may be good, but on the other hand, they're not running this. They're not these. This is just not the design for these type of players. These players are not fast. They're not skating around the ice all over the place. This, they're more of a hit physical game. And they're more of a dump and chase team that's not getting the puck when they dump it. So the question is, why are they not looking? Why are they not throwing something at a Yanni Gord? Is that something that Seattle wouldn't let? Is there someone else out there that possibly could uh, could boost the speed on the ice for the Rangers? Do you see someone that the Rangers could possibly throw out that people are not talking about? As, as far as Yanni Gord specifically, I don't think Seattle is going to move him at all. I'm pretty, pretty positive in saying that he's going to be one of the core pieces that they build on in Seattle. Um, one of the players that I've had my eyes on the past couple of years and I'm shocked that a contender hasn't picked him up for a bottom six role. And I don't see him moving now because of the team he's on, but Andreas Athanasiu on LA previously of Detroit. He's got absolute wheels on him and he's got a flair for the offensive. Um, that's been a player, you know, that I think would be pretty good in that type of role that you're describing. But I also think that the Rangers as a whole have to play their style of hockey based on their division. You're playing against the Penguins right, right. and the Capitals in your division so having somebody that's going to go out there and just try to throw the the burners on, you know, are they going to beat some defensemen here and there? Yeah, absolutely. They're going to, and they're going to have some scoring opportunities, but they're more than likely going to get injured at some point just right, because of how this division plays. Right. And, and, and in general, they, they have, uh, I mean, I remember from playoffs past when they play the penguins and stuff, you can't, you don't beat a team by playing their style. You beat a team by playing your style and them having to try to figure out how to play to your speed or your game, uh, which <laughs> in general, I don't, I have not been happy with the way the, 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 the five on five goes for the Rangers. Uh, it's a little bit, it's a little frustrating to watch. Um, Connor, how have you felt in general? I know this is really a trade deadline episode in a sense. How have you felt in general about, not the Rangers specifically, but how have you felt in general about this first beginning of hockey? Have you felt that there's a certain trend going on in hockey with the way the game has played this year? And this is actually maybe a change in hockey. Do you feel like something has changed in the game in general? Or- um, I mean, 
I feel like the, the, the league changes every single year. It gets younger and faster every single year. Um, it never seems to get slower. So obviously that continues to change. You're seeing it this year the most with, you know, the Zegras and Milano goal, um, the Michigan goals, you know, all the fancy flair, um, especially because ESPN is pushing it so much, um, you know, as a piece for people to look at and draw them to the sport. So I think that's probably the biggest change you see in more and more personalities coming out of players too, even. And as much as that is good for the game, for some teams, that's not so good as such as like the Capitals and the Rangers. Um, so last year, everybody knows as a Rangers fan, what happened with Tom Wilson and Panarin, that's what made them go out and make some of these moves in the off season. Right. Going in, you know, yeah. Going in the opposite direction of what the typical, you know, flow of the league is going towards right now, but you have to be able to get out of your division before you can play these other teams. So, you know, you kind of have to almost conform and play their game to some degree. I wanted to ask just out of curiosity, when I saw when you, when you texted us this, a while back about like, Hey, you know, this, this deal might go down. Um, which piqued my curiosity was, is the Rangers blue line, while it has flaws, is pretty solid with Fox and Lindgren as the top pair and Truba and Miller as the, you know, the second pairing. And then the third one needs some work, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's getting there. Why would the Rangers go after a guy like Lindholm when, you know, they, they, you know, they're, their defensive group is not that bad. Maybe they should, you know, Lindholm is definitely an upgrade over a few, but I'm saying is would you rather use those assets over where your weaknesses are? And maybe I was thinking after that, I'm like, you know, I've noticed this blue line is really, really young. Do the Rangers not trust or are comfortable with a purely young blue line? Yeah. I mean, from what I understand anyways, the Rangers would love to give some extra experience to these younger players on their defensive core. But at the same time, when you're going for a Stanley cup, that can't be your priority. And for them to be taking a serious run at the cup, if you go out and get a Lindholm, right? Right. You're going to have Lindholm. Then Lindgren is going to get dropped down a pair. And then you're going to have probably a Keandre Miller on your third pair your depth on your defense and your defensive core probably becomes close to the best in the league. You're going to start rivaling Colorado. Right. No, that, yeah, that is a good point. True. No, cause I was, I was just thinking like, you know, I, I just had the thing. Maybe they don't trust an all young lineup to come playoff time. Maybe that's why, but no, you, your point is definitely one of the top that, you know, it's just, it's just better. That's really the good answer. Um, yeah. And and those younger players are going to be the black aces that are practicing, you know, along with the team, they're in the press box for all these games. They're getting this postseason experience that will help them when they are the ones ready to take over those roles. So one more thing. And then Shruggy, you go, um, regarding, 
players that, you know, we haven't heard of. I know Shragi has theorized a few players he's mentioned. One, I just, for some reason, I've never even spoken to in existence on this podcast. I don't know why. I guess just I've been, you know, obviously more interested in others is Andrew Cobb. Now, I know we all know he just went down with a pretty bad concussion. I don't know if it's has anything been reported yet of his injury. Um, uh, nothing's been reported of the injury yet. And it's obviously just speculation at this point about a concussion just because of you right, know, where his is. history. Um, he, he has concussion history too. So that's why everybody jumped the gun and was like, Oh my God, he's got another concussion. But to me, when he got hit, it didn't necessarily look like he was concussed, but you know, you're seeing that on television who really knows we'll wait for them to come out and make an official announcement. Right. So do you see him as a possible plan B plan C guy? The Rangers might go after if he is all healthy. Cause I mean, the Rangers, I feel I Goudreau would be amazing on the third line with another guy. And then maybe Philip Hedo on the wing. If I, I guess if theoretically he goes in that Anaheim Ducks deal, which obviously I know you didn't say that was part of the report, but just theorizing here, maybe a guy like Morgan Barron. Um, it's nice to, you know, plug in one more guy on the third line. Uh, a guy like Andrew Kopp seems like a perfect fit. Uh, do you believe that's something the Rangers are going after? That's not really, they're not really on his radar. Um, right now, I mean, nothing's come to the surface. Um, it seemed like Colorado and Boston were really the, the main players at the table there who had the most interest. Um, would he be a good fit playing on your third line? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think it's going to cost very much, to be honest, probably somewhere in the range of a second round pick and a prospect. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like I said, with the Rangers, they have so many assets. You could be making significant splashes in the trade market all around. 100%. I mean, they have have so many potential things. I actually wanted to get back on something that, Connor, you mentioned before that – that this is the year to go all in for the Rangers. And I always have this problem. I mentioned it on one of the podcasts earlier that the Rangers, because they are the third youngest team in hockey, they should be also understanding that you're in a great situation this year, but you're going to be one of those teams that will be in a good situation in a sense next year. And you don't want to mess over this team by saying we were such in a good position this year we went all in for this year and our future is messed up. So how do you really balance out the going all in while building your team for the future? Well, for the Rangers right now, first round picks should be just candy at this point. You don't, you don't need your first round picks for the next couple of years. In my opinion, you've got enough prospects on the front and the back end that you can just throw them away at trades. After that, you know, with the depth that you have in all these players coming up, like for example, you know, Capo Caco is one of the names that you guys have coming up. Who's a restricted free agent. Um, then of course, Lafreniere, the year after him, um, you're going to have uh, Keandre Miller next year as well that you're going to have to re-sign coming out of their 
uh, entry-level deals, you're going to run out of cap space with the amount of prospects that you are able to bring up through your own system. You're going to either A, start trading these players in packages for deadline rentals just because you can and you're getting the best bang for your buck. Or in a couple of years, when you have no cap space, you're going to be trading these players for third round picks because you have no other option. So for me, it becomes a, an asset management type situation. Like, okay, we can afford to get rid of two to three prospects this deadline because two years down the road, they're probably going to cost X amount of money and we won't be able to do that. And we will have to let them go for nothing. Right. It brings great point to that because I think even, especially the the, the rookies that we see down in the, in the system. uh, I mean, Osman looks like he's going to be fantastic. And I mean, I I can't wait for the Rangers to tell him, Oh, you have a great shot. No, just dumb and chase instead. We're good. here. (laughs) Yeah. Come welcome to the Rangers offense where whatever talent you have, doesn't matter. We play dump and chase, you know? Um, Connor, one last question before we go. Uh, obviously, this has been mainly themed, well, because it's a Rangers podcast, Rangers acquisitions. But is there one player that, I don't know, will come out of left field? What's one person player in the NHL just in general that would possibly be traded that would shock people that don't see coming? Connor McDavid? No. He doesn't have the balls to request a trade. I just had to say that. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that he would have the cojones to request a trade out yeah, of Edmonton. Don't got the balls. That's for sure. Um, I'll give you two. One is a name that's already out there, and the other one isn't, but I think is almost a necessity. The first easy one is Patrick Kane. There's actually talk about him potentially being on the move. Um, I've told you this, you know, personally in a text message that. You know, I don't see it out of the realm of possibility of the Rangers acquiring him. They would have the assets necessary. Um, And the other one, I think, is a William Nylander on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think that's one of my dark horse candidates for a trade. Wow, that's that's ending it off on, yeah. And I'm I'm not telling you that I'm hearing that he's going to be moving. Right, no, you're just, yeah. That's just a feeling that I'm getting with some of the other topics that i'm hearing in toronto right now okay so i think we're getting on that off here connor you want to plug in your twitter handle obviously uh we work with you guys at inside the rink uh just tell us all about that yeah of course you can always find our content at inside underscore the underscore rink on twitter and you can find me at the connor green on twitter Perfect. And also for listeners, we are trying to start a mailbag for every episode at the end of if there's an interview or just in general, we'll have it at the end. If you want to post your question, you'll go to our you could go to our Twitter handle, which will be uh, written in the description uh, until hopefully this trade goes down. See the round later. We look pretty good. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll see you guys later.